What's up, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so happy that you are here. We have a special episode today. Father Anthony flew on a plane all the way to Texas just to record this show with me. I'm just kidding. He's here for a week, but uh, we're, we get to record a couple of episodes together, and we are so happy about it. We... Uh, Get to kind of catch up a little bit. We talk about the Trinity. We talk a little bit about um, the Roe v. Wade decision last week. Uh, we hope we have a lot of fun at the beginning, and then we have a pretty you know serious and heartfelt conversation to close out the day's show. We hope that you guys enjoy it. If you do, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening today. You guys rock. Enjoy today's show. What's up? Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll <laughs> and Father Anthony Sarafa yeah. sitting next to me. Yay! We did it. We did it. We did it. You are in Texas. I am in Texas. I don't know where in Texas. I assume right smack dab in the middle. We are pretty smack dab in the middle, cool. which means it, it'll take you like nine hours to escape in any direction okay, good. from the greatest country in the world. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. We did it. Yes. Uh, so this is our third time ever recording in the same room together. Well, technically, one of them was a car or a van. Yes. That was yes. At, yes. at the Focus Seeker SLS conference or one yeah, or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first time. Mm-hmm. And... The first time that we ever recorded together, um, I started doing my confession live on the air. Yes. And you did what? I told you to stop. <laughs> you did. You refused to hear my confession. Yes, correct. The second time we ever recorded together uh, was at your brother's house when yes. I came up last summer to celebrate your fifth priestly anniversary, which, by the way, your sixth was a few days ago. Yep, yep. Congratulations. You made it. <laughs> I did. You did another year. Year six down. Um, and then, so we recorded that, and then after, mm-hmm. we went to... The uh, casino. To the casino. It was right. a time. Yeah. Uh, and now, our third time, you're recording in Texas. Yes. So I was pondering this yesterday, okay. and I realized that as a, as, a, as a duo, we've gotten holier every time we've recorded together. The first time, you refused to hear my confession. I didn't get my sins forgiven. Okay. The second time, we got a little bit more Catholic and went to a casino. Right. Okay. And then now we're in Texas, which yes. is the holiest you could possibly be. I guess so. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're very... You move a lot. <laughs> Sorry. I squiggle. I squiggle. Is that bad for the video? Is that bad? It is bad for the video. Okay. I've, I'll stay perfectly I've, still from I've now just, on. I've just never seen you. Like, well, I, I mean, I move around a little bit. I've yeah. got a little movie chair, too. But okay. You're just so excited. I know. <laughs> Recording with my friend Taylor. <laughs> so, uh, th- is this your first time in Texas? Have you been in Texas? No, I've been in, uh, I was uh, in Dallas two times for a friend's ordination. Uh, that's where I got my cowboy boots, which I didn't bring with me. But anyway, the, yeah. le- the least Texas of Texas. Yeah. Well, Austin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like Austin better than I like Dallas. Yeah. Hello, Dallas. How are you? I hope that you are doing well. Yeah. Uh, but so you you have been here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so you've only been here like what twelve hours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like sixteen hours, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I picked you up from the airport, and we drove straight to where I host trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you made. <laughs> <laughs> you made a silly um, observation of Texas on our drive from the airport yeah. to uh, to, tr- to trivia. Do you remember what that was? It's everything's so flat. No, that wasn't what you said, but okay. it's true. Uh, what did I say? Texas, the sky is big. You said there is so much <laughs> sky. <Yes. laughs> and I'm like, I mean, you can look up in Pittsburgh. It's the same no, amount. No, it's, it's not the same amount of sky because <laughs> like they're like you're always in a hill or something else. There's always something obscuring the sky. It's like the the earth is giving you a big old hug. But here, just you're open and just naked to the sky. It's very disconcerting. 
Yeah, naked hugs aren't as good as <laughs> not naked hugs. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. One of the other things that is always really surprising to people, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're giddy again. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to happen. Just get of, used to it. The, I don't know if I can. <laughs> no, I'm going to start doing it. It's going to uh, distract me. Uh, but one of the other things that always surprises people mm. is there are multiple people who have either watched the show or have been involved with the show. So, yeah. like, you know, Allison, Liv, people who have been guests yeah. that have arrived here. Mm-hmm. To the you know the the Forte Catholic compound, our national headquarters, right here in my house. Yes, <laughs> and they get a little surprised by what they see is not what they get in this room. We've mm-hmm. said it before. Yeah, that this is a closet. It is with my water heater mm-hmm. and lots of alcohol. Yes. So, what was your experience of walking in here? Actually, yesterday? you know, it's slightly larger than I thought it was. Okay. I thought it was like what people are seeing on the screen was basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's slightly bigger than that, only slightly. But, if I, I mean, gained any more weight, I yeah. won't fit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty accurate. You got your water heater over there. You got your alcohol over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you were surprised, but not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's it's like I should describe things for a living. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, that's basically it. Good. Well, good. I'm glad that you weren't super, super surprised no. by it. But uh, you are in Texas for mm-hmm. for a, re- a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really two. Really two reasons. Okay. But, uh, yeah, why are you explain to the people why you are here today? Uh, so, I mean, other than just seeing my good friend, Taylor Schroll, uh, we're going on retreat tomorrow. We are. We're going to some ranch or something. I don't even know where we're going. Where we, we are. Going? It, it will be less flat. <laughs> we're going to the Texas Hill Country. Okay. Which, uh, to me, I, I I think where we're going is the prettiest part of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen the um, often disliked follow up to Bruce Almighty, the the film with Steve Carell, Evan Almighty? Um, I have not. Okay. So in Evan Almighty, mm-hmm. uh, the first movie is confusing. We're not sure who is God. Yeah. <laughs> it might be Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Some people think he's the devil, but that's a whole Okay. <laughs> in the second film, Steve Carell plays essentially a modern day Noah, mm-hmm. right? And he's in this beautiful hill country. I don't know where it is. I'm, I'm guessing it's somewhere in LA because that's where they film everything. Yeah. But the Texas hill country looks very much like that. Mm-hmm. Where we're going to have mass on the top of, like, you know, it's either a large hill or the small mountain. I'm not okay. quite sure. Like, it, these hills get pretty big and we're going to, you know, <laughs> hike up and have, have mass. It's just beautiful overlooking this beautiful part of Texas. Cool. Um, but every time I'm up in the Texas Hill Country, I think of Evan Almighty mm-hmm. because there's a scene when the world starts to flood mm-hmm. where you're just looking out over all these hills and all of a sudden just like a tsunami starts <laughs> and starts filling up everything. So that's what I'm going to think about. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, you mentioned that you were coming on, on your uh, your other smaller podcast, correctly yes. speaking. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned that you were coming and I have a, a couple of, of follow-up questions. One. Mm-hmm. You said that you were looking forward to both, like the vacation aspect and the retreat aspect. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, you're here for a week, the retreat is four days. Um, but you also uh, immediately said that you were like, "I only want to retreat where it's silent and no one's talking, and it's just me and praying." And that's not. You do realize that, like, I'm partially in charge. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's probably not my like ideal retreat retreats, but also, how could I pass up the chance to? be on retreats in Texas and also shoot guns. I mean, it's a different kind of spiritual experience, so I'm totally okay with it, you know? Yeah. So it will be different than my normal retreat. If, if any of you have seen Yellowstone, yeah. we are going to be out in a, in, a, in a land pretty far away from everyone, so yeah. 
the laws might exist, but do they apply? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're gonna like primarily be shooting skeet, which is gonna be which is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's it's cool. That, so I think I've mentioned these before, but uh, Paul George, who's a Catholic speaker, yeah. podcaster, he's been a leader uh, in my life for a long time. He actually gave a talk. At the Steubenville Conference, when I was in eighth grade, which is the weekend that changed my life, mm-hmm. like that took me from not caring at all about Catholicism to being like, wait, it can be cool and fun. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't know that. You know, yeah. And Paul was a big part of that. And, and Paul called me a while ago. And there's this uh, very wealthy man who's a ca- Catholic and he's a businessman. He's made so much money mm-hmm. and he, he's very good at business, but he wasn't sure how to like give back. Mm-hmm. So he hired Paul. He's like, you seem cool. <laughs> and so Paul has been hosting retreats at these... At, these uh they're like not retreat centers these are just properties that this guy owns yeah and it's and it's gorgeous man um and paul was like hey do you want to start leading retreats out here and i was like why yes why yes, yes i, I do like that very much. <laughs> so this is the first one that that we're doing and paul's gonna do this one and then for this one it's a bunch of guys who have been like really influential in my life uh some of our some of our big donors or and or both yeah. right some a lot of those people are yeah. the same people uh and then you got to come too <laughs> Yes. So uh, it's going to be really simple, which which is what I like. So Paul was like asking who's coming and like almost everybody that's coming mm-hmm. is super into their faith. I mean, like we're not sure about you yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for the most part, people have been, you know, in and around the church for a long time. Um, other than my Protestant best friend. But he's uh, I've said before, he's prayed more rosaries in his life than I have. So okay. he's good. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have mass once a day. We'll mm-hmm. have adoration once. We'll do um, like morning and evening prayer. We're going to do a lot of Lectio Divina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll go shoot stuff and hang out and Sounds drink great. and eat. Like it's, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty relaxing, I think. I think so too. Good. I'm pumped. Um, you only have to work a little bit, which I'm excited about. I'm happy to say mass on retreat. That's fine. <laughs> it's not really a big imposition on me. Right. For sure. <laughs> Um, the other, the other thing. Okay. Mm. So, uh, that's what we are looking forward to, but looking back just only a week. Mm. So last week's show, which, you know, you can find wherever you're listening to this, you know, uh, but I don't want to rehash the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but there were the first two segments, the first segment, um, there was a, a little article that came out mm-hmm. that I was listed in. You were in like paragraph 18 and 19. Yes, you were technically in that story. Yes. <laughs> technically in the story, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, did people read all the way down that far? I doubt it. But I took a screenshot of it and shared it. So there was a show, there was an article uh, about Catholic podcasts in general, but specifically mm-hmm. about two priests from Clerically Speaking, which. You are one of. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Like, yeah, just I, I like I shared my thoughts on the article yeah. last week. But what do you? What did you think about being in the Wall Street Journal? <laughs> so uh, the 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 reporter um, uh, Claire, uh, she like lives kind of close to my parish, so she's a Pittsburgher, and I was shocked when she first even reached out to me because like, why do an article on this hobby of mine? It made like almost no sense to me. But she did like a ton of research. I mean, she calls you uh, like hour long interviews with all these people, and so when it finally came out. Uh, it was very nice. I was very happy with it. And it turns out a lot of people read the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Like for the next week, preachers would be like, hey, you're in the Wall Street Journal. Hey, look at you. Oh, famous priest. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Very good, very good. Um, so it's cool. It was cool. It's uh, It was on the front page. Um, now below the fold, but still, still very good. Um, but I was very interested because I, Wednesday was my day off. I saw it come out on the paper and everything. And I'm playing video games. I'm checking my phone. And I see that uh, your show was you know released and talking about the wall street journal and i was like 
I have to listen to this because I know you were technically in the story. <laughs> this is me a major focus of your podcast. Yeah, I just had to see how you're gonna spin Absolutely. it. <laughs> it was brilliant. I loved it. Loved everything. <laughs> like, what is he gonna do? So yeah, it was. Um, it's cool. Uh, ironically, uh, the first episode after the Wall Street Journal. I'm not gonna be on it. It'll be Nick and uh, my brother and Father Harrison. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if we get any bumps from it or anything. But yeah, it's wild. It wild. Is, it is pretty wild. So yeah. Um, my entire goal, uh, from whenever, whenever you texted me that she had called you and then she, that she might be reaching out to me, my entire goal mm -hmm. was to get a mention of the flu, your first ever podcast where you just yell into the ether. <laughs> and I tried so hard and so a little bit of backstory. You and I have been friends for a while. Yes. And all of my friends, I just simply make fun of. Yeah, absolutely. So that's easy. Like, you know, trying to get sure. uh, trying to get a joke about you yeah. in the Wall Street Journal would have been great. Uh, Father Harrison and I, your your co-host, mm -hmm. it was a little rocky for like that first year because y'all's whole shtick yeah. was that you hated each other. Mm -hmm. And I chose sides. Yeah. And I'm a loyal person and that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So I chose your side yeah. and therefore I'm, I was required to hate him. <laughs> that's not the rules of Catholicism, but it's the rules of how I do friendship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it took a while for him to win me over. And the, you know, the, then we 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 met in person. We we've been now we're friends. We've been yeah. able to go. You know, I, 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 he's been on the show a couple of times. We've gotten to hang out at conferences and stuff. It is so very funny to me mm -hmm. that I tried so hard to get you made fun of, mm -hmm. but instead I got Father Harrison yes, made fun of with the flock of moose. <laughs> the flock of moose. The Canadian can't even get the Canadian things right. Mm -hmm. And that was in like the Wall Street Journal. I mean, like I know y'all are priests, so like. You know, ordination, pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, first mass, first confession that you hear. Sure. But like being on the Wall Street Journal is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's like a, not, maybe not a top five, but it's a pretty, it's a top tier moment. In, I would consider it indeed a pretty cool experience. Right. Like not many people get that. Yeah. Right. There's a lot more priests than people, than, than priests who have been mentioned in the Wall Street Journal. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're in the Wall Street Journal, it's probably not a good reason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Another priest in the Wall Street uh, Journal, huh? So. Yeah. It is very funny to me that um, you know, in this big moment in in your co-host's life, yeah. I got to just kind of put a little dig in there. It was yes, great. It was good. It yeah, was totally it was unintentional. Mm -hmm. I intended to hit you and I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing from last week. Okay. Um, I like to have fun on the show. Yeah. And I, I like to um, do little thought experiments that may or may not be in line with church teaching. Yes. Eventually we get around to church teaching. But last week, I was a little worried about the second segment because we talked about the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And then I had a thought experiment of when it was, I, was, I had been thinking about culpability and like fault when it comes to sin. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I give an alcoholic a drink, am I partially responsible for that? And I think the answer is yes. Yes. So then I was like, wait a second. Jesus turned water into wine at a multiple day party. Mm-hmm. Like, the odds of someone getting drunk on that line are pretty high. Okay. So I posited, did Jesus sin? Right. <laughs> did Jesus make a mistake? Did Jesus, was he somehow, uh, you know, at fault if somebody got drunk on this? Not one person, mm -hmm. not one singular person had a problem with me saying that on a Catholic podcast. Mm -hmm. Not one. But <laughs> when I was presenting this, yeah. I combined two words. And into one word. I made a grammatical error. Yes. And what did I say? What was the word that I said incorrectly? Uh, you were trying to say the word complicit. Right. You kept saying implicit, it, which is a word, but made no sense in 
that context. Right. So I was trying to say, was Jesus co- Jesus complicit mm-hmm. in someone else's sin? Yes. I was also trying to say, um, does this implicate Jesus? Ah, okay. So, so I you... combined those two words yes. into another word, yes. implicit, yes. right? It's a grammatical error, mm-hmm. looking back on it. Like, yeah. I don't usually make those kinds of mistakes, but yeah. I was I was trying to say both of those words, complicit or sure. implicated, and mm-hmm. I said implicit. Mm-hmm. Not one single person cared that I was on the edge of heresy. The amount of hate I got <laughs> for my grammatical error while um, positing heresy. Yes. Was endless. Yes. <laughs> people I know. You texted me. I texted people you. were roasting me on social media. Like multiple people were texting me and be like, hey, you made a mistake. I'm like, it's been 295 episodes. Do you know how many times I've been corrected for grammar? That once. <laughs> In the midst of possible heresy. And yeah. no one seemed to care about that. What is wrong with these it people? It makes perfect <laughs> sense. It makes perfect sense. See, your reaction actually justifies the whole thing. Because you often believe you're correct about things. Always. Yes. And you also are totally comfortable with kind of pushing theology toward a heretical edge to get a conversation going, right? So you saying maybe Jesus sinned, well, on paper is is terrible, but also just knowing you, it's like I know you're just trying to stir up a conversation. Not a big deal. Hopefully by the end of the segment, hopefully we'll get like, back to yes, yeah. like obviously Jesus didn't sin. Okay, fine. So I just had a terrible thing of like somebody tuning in yeah. after reading the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and they hear the posit without the end and they yes. leave and they think I'm a heretic for yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, which has probably happened at least twice. <laughs> fine. Uh, so the fact that we could all like have a gotcha moment for you speaking wrong when speaking is like your entire job, right. way more satisfying than pointing out your crazy <laughs> theological opinion. No one cares about that. It's not a big deal. It's so funny. I feel like I earned this because yes. all I do is make fun of my co-hosts yes. and sometimes guests mm-hmm. <laughs> when they make mistakes. Uh, so now, uh, what you people think is that this was that this would you know like would would hurt my pride or that you know pointing out this mistake? Yeah, you've only made me stronger. Okay, <laughs> because now I know I can say whatever I want mm-hmm. as long as it's grammatically correct. <laughs> you think the thoughts that I share on here, yeah, are unpolished and unthought through? Mm-hmm. I've thought through them and I and I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Now you have all given me the power to say literally whatever I want. Hey, it's your funeral. I mean, <laughs> you want to celebrate it? <laughs> I will. I will. I will. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to hear your homily uh, at my funeral because I wouldn't have to hear it. <laughs> Would you hear it? It depends. It depends on where you are at at the moment. If you were in hell, it might you might hear it just because it'd be extra torture. In purgatory, you might hear it because it'd be extra, extra torture. torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the only way you wouldn't hear it is if you were in heaven. The Lord would want to save you from that suffering of my homily. Yeah. Maybe. Man, my hell is just your preaching. Yep. I gotta shape up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about before we move on into our into our next segment is just um, a we're, we're going to talk about hope in the third segment. Okay. But I want to just kind of put a little inkling of hope now. Um, I I spoke or I was the MC at the youth conference for the Diocese of Beaumont last year or last week. So uh, the you know, 750 teens in this hotel. It was it was an absolute blast. Uh, security had to come multiple times. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. But um, two things. One, we got to have a blast with you. Know, I talked about Paul George, somebody that I looked up to for a long time, and now I get to work with him. Um, the keynote speaker was Father Leo Petalinghug, who also spoke at my high school events, and mm-hmm. like he's I, I I've seen him speak, and he's you know it's another person that I've that I've looked up to, and I got to. Work with him. Yeah. You know, I got to talk with him and all, and all these sorts of things, introduce him. Um, but he also did a cook-off 
with Bishop Toops. Yeah. Who you know. Sort of. Like you, you, you read a <laughs> I book. I read a book from yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I kind of knew Bishop Toops pre- previously, you know, re- recently Bishop in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was you know, relatively Catholic famous for being an author as Monsignor Toops. Yeah. And he was uh, you know, elevated to Bishop uh, within the last two years. And it was it was cr- what was um it was, it was so much fun to watch those two because they were in seminary together. Oh, and, I know that. <laughs> yeah, they did a cook off against each other, yeah. and it was so much fun. I got to host it. Uh, that's on our YouTube channel now, YouTube.com/slash/FortheCatholic. You can go check out the. It was like a twenty minute cook off. It was it was so much fun. Yeah. And the bishop, um, I've I've never seen a more like, and, and I'm saying this in a positive way, like a childlike, like joy filled bishop. Yeah. Um, he reminded me a lot of, um. Bishop Sam Jacobs, mm-hmm. who was really influential in my growing up. He was the bishop for all those conferences that I went to. But he, w- he was older. Mm-hmm. So he still had a lot of energy, and he was great, and he was super loving. But he was more like grandpa yeah, to me, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, but Bishop Toops is only about 20 years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, if that. And like the, the, the fatherliness that he showed of mm. being having fun and being silly. Like during yeah. the cook-off, he's throwing cheese into the crowd. You know? like, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And yeah. like the kids love him. And yeah. then, like, we were there for, like, the, the Roe v. Wade decision, which we'll talk about later in the show. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he, like, literally, the decision came down 20 minutes before Mass. Wow. And he changed his homily. Yeah. And, and, and talked about that. It was great. And it was, it was so fatherly and passionate. Um, but the fact, like, I, I've gotten to travel all over the country and be at Bass and stuff. And, like, usually the bishop comes, because bishops are busy people. Yeah. They come either for the closing Mass or, like, the awards sure, or something sure. like that, just to kind of make a... He he was there for three and a half days. That's really cool. He did not leave, yeah. and I just like, it was just so cool to see like a shepherd, a father, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, like caring about not just as people, but especially as young people, because like that's what I gave my life to was you know like well Jesus and you know, serving young people. Yeah. So it was just a really cool experience. It is cool. Yeah, it's good. So that's good. Okay. Um. So do not go anywhere. Whenever we come back, um, we're going to be talking about. Uh, so, so we talked about po- possible heresy earlier okay. from last week. We're going to try to not do a heresy in the next one. Ooh. We're going to be talking about the Trinity. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Be A Heart. They designed some of the greatest Catholic gifts in all of the Catholic internet and Catholic land. Um, they sent me this St. Joseph doll, which I absolutely love. My kids like to come and play in the studio, and they found this the other day, and they thought it was for them, and they wanted to take it, and ultimately it will be theirs uh, in a couple of weeks whenever uh, you know we're done promoting this specific thing. But uh, they are chomping at the bit to, to hang out with this and add this to their collection. They have a six-foot Jesus over there. Uh, they're looking to... I think it's going to be really funny having uh, this wonderful St. Joseph next to a six-foot Jesus. But as you can see, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if not, I'll explain it to you. It's got uh, the L for how big of a loser that Satan is because, you know, St. Uh, Joseph is the crusher of demons, the terror of demons. Uh, he's got his saw and, and his backpack on the back. He's got a nice little prayer. Um, so I actually go to a parish called St. Joseph's and I'm really happy to have this. So, um, what you guys need to do for a gift like this, there's stuff for kids, there's stuff for adults everywhere in between. So wonderful Catholic things to have around your house for gifts for other people. Uh, B a heart.com visit their summer shop, sign up for their email list and you will get 10% off your first order store wide. Be a Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. This is so much fun doing this. In yeah. It's great. <laughs> so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. I got some water between segments. You went and made some more coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so 
it's it's the timing of this is actually pretty funny mm-hmm. because the last two episodes of Clerker Speaking, I actually was the guest editor on. Yes, and so the timing for me was hilarious because. I didn't know what y'all talked about before, but obviously I heard it before it went out. Yeah. That's how editing works. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so on Monday night, I've talked about it at length before. I've talked about foundations. It's this new, essentially like Catholicism 101 thing that I'm that I'm leading for a parish, 10-week uh, course, and it's going great. I'm absolutely loving it. But, um, you know, a you know a top, one of the top 10 th- top 10 uh, teachings of the church is the Trinity. It's it's number yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was interesting because like even that th- that note, um, I've always thought it was like the Eucharist, source and summit of our faith, right? Yeah. But the Trinity is actually like the the primary teaching, the primary doctrine, the primary dogma of our faith. Yeah. And I have been speaking on l- quite literally hundreds of topics. Mm-hmm. I could Pull them up and prove it to you. Maybe not all of them, but I have documents <laughs> yeah. of just saved talks from the last twelve years. Like I've talked about everything mm-hmm. except the Trinity itself. Yeah, and I had to do it for for this for this course. Okay, and I learned a lot through it. But before we get into that, um, the reason that I've been a feared, literally afraid, yeah, sure, to talk about this is for two reasons. One. Uh, the joke amongst priests and amongst lay people who know priests yeah. pr- pretty well yeah, yeah. is that Trinity Sunday is known as it, Heresy Sunday. Heresy Sunday. <laughs> and why is that? Because sometimes priests um, don't know their Trinitarian theology very well, and in trying to explain the Trinity, actually get the Trinity very wrong. Um, so much so that, like in seminary, like everyone was saying that you're going to preach heresy on Trinity Sunday. Um, so yeah. It's it's a tricky topic. Quite literally. And this is what I learned. And like I, I I learned this during this teaching, but the other reason that I was afraid of it was that if the priests are struggling with it, I'll probably struggle with it too. <laughs> yeah. The second thing is, uh, in grad school, I took a course. It was it was I think it was even called like foundations or theological foundations mm-hmm. or something. It was essentially like Catholicism 101 on a grad school level for you know, so whatever, 501. I don't know what they call it. Um, but here's all these Catholic grad students, you know, pretty close to like cream of the crop, young people and me, you know, <laughs> like, and, yeah. um, our, our professor walks in and our professor, I love him to death. Professor Ron Bolster. Uh, mm. some, some of you guys would know him as a speaker or professor or whatever. Um, but he comes from a military background. He was mm. in the air force and, uh, and then later in his life had a conversion and became super Catholic, mm. but he brought his like military like pro- I want to call it like properisms or like uh, very uh, t- Taylor has nothing holding him in place. He has everything holding him in place. This is a very disciplined, regimented way to go about. Right. Classes. I don't even know those words. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he would come in and like I respected it a lot about him. Like I, I actually he was one of my favorite professors I've ever had. Um, I learned a lot from him, but he was pretty disciplined, regimented. Those things that I struggle with. Right. But I loved this class because it was very structured. Sure. Like, he came in and, like, he was in charge. And he would pray uh, the, um, the come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, kill them, fire your life. That prayer that I pray before I, like, you know, read theology or read the Bible or whatever came from, that's how he led every, started off every class. So he would walk in, pray that, and then he would teach. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he would say, are there any questions? 
So we did that for, I think I had him for like two or three semesters. Yeah. And in the final semester that I had with him, he walks in one day, uh, you know, uh, towards the beginning of the semester, but we had had a bunch of classes that looked exactly like that. And then he walks in, he prays the prayer, and then he looks at all of us and he said, explain the Trinity to me. <laughs> so we're already thrown off because yeah. it's like a different structure after having all this structure. Yeah. We're like, what? Yeah. And then we all do it. We all take turns and we start explaining the Trinity. Mm -hmm. He goes... That's that heresy from the fourth century. Next. <laughs> that's this heresy from the 16th century. Next. That's this heresy from the third century. Next. That, uh, uh, they literally had a council for that heresy. Next. You're like, and so ever since that moment, yeah. I've been utterly terrified to speak about the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, I, that I, I learned about this is that I have talked, I've given tons of talks on God the Father. Sure. I've given tons of talks yeah. on Jesus. He's pretty important. You've probably heard of him. Yeah. We, yeah. we focus on Jesus a lot in, in ministry, evangelization, catechism. I'm personally a very big fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I've also given a lot of talks about the Holy Spirit. Mm. I actually love giving talks on the Holy Spirit because I think he's the most misunderstood or um, or ignored of the three. Very underrated. Very <laughs> underrated. Um, so, and then I realized that like, not like the dumb way of like big guy in the sky with a beard, but like I have prayed when I pray. Mm -hmm. It is either to it's one of this is even now it doesn't really make sense but it's to one of those four people slash entities slash persons four four and I, and I'm saying that on purpose it's either God I'm saying God help me with this God help me. Yeah. and that's kind of like big guy transcendent yes. up in the clouds he's bigger than me he's smarter than me right yeah. or I pray to one of the persons of the Trinity yeah to the Father specifically. To the to the Son or to the Holy Spirit. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say for not Mary. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, so even in like my personal prayer, I have never like in my life thought to like pray to God as the Trinity. Mm. It's either God as this like mm -hmm. big big guy, nebulous kind of thing, mm -hmm. or one of the three persons. Yeah. But never like I'm never I never really think about God as Trinity. Sure. Because it's hard to understand. Yeah. It's weird math. Yeah. And I'm freaking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, and then I'm, I'm the reason I brought up your show, well the timing was funny. I gave this talk on Monday mm. and I start editing y'all's show on Tuesday. Right. And Father Harrison starts talking about uh Trinity Sunday. Right. We just had, yeah. And how you know, for years he has preached on the, like the theology. He's super smart. He's like <laughs> he he's smart. Ben, old Benedict Jr. Pope Benedict Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's very funny timing wise. It's literally the next thing I did. I did this thing late Monday night, and then Monday, uh, Tuesday morning I woke up and, I, and he's like, "I'm never going to talk about the theology part of it again." Like on in, in homilies, in yes. homilies, he's like, "I'm just going to talk about you know make it more personal. I'm going to you know kind of preach from the heart." talk about how the Trinity you know, is involved in our lives. And it's so funny because my entire quote unquote professional career, I've done that and never done the theology. This is his first time doing the other, you know, second time. You know, I think he said the last couple of years or whatever. And I'm just like, it's very funny to me that you are being put in this position of, you just had to have a conversation about how his, his way is good. Yes. But I just talked about the Trinity and I had one of my friends who is a much better theologian than I am. Okay. Who came to that night? Oh, and I did it. You did it. You did a I good did job. I did not do a heresy. You didn't do a heresy. Congratulations. She said there was one thing I could have worded better. Sure, but 
that, which a lot of the wordings can literally get you into the heresy. Exactly. Yeah. She said I wouldn't have worded it like that, but it wasn't wrong. It mm-hmm. could have just been a little, you know, confusing or whatever. Sure. Which t- uh, fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, fine that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. Um, so I did it. Good I'm job. So proud of <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of want to see the talk. Did you write it out? I I did, and we're not going to go through all of it. Okay. And we're not going to. I didn't write it out because that's not how good speaking happens. That's true. But I do have literally pages of notes. Okay. Cool. Okay. So. Um, before we get into my notes, mm-hmm. um, like what is typically like your go-to on Trinity Sunday? How do, how do you not stay? Uh, how do you say not a heretic? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna talk about God as God. Like what does the Trinity mean or anything like that? Uh, I try to make it a little more concrete. So what I've been doing the last couple of years is I just preach on the Mass and the Trinitarian nature of the Mass. How we are, uh, we are in Christ worshiping the Father through the Spirit. So kind of going through the Mass, what, when are we talking to the Father? When are we talking to the Son? What is the Holy Spirit's role in, in, in the Mass? That way, like, they learn something about the Mass, which is nice. People always like learning about, why do we do this every Sunday? Like, oh, here's kind of why you do it. And then I frame it around the Holy Trinity, so it, it gets that Holy Trinity part, too. So so a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it's a cop-out. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. How many heresies? Zero. Yeah, I'll exactly, take it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's it's interesting, and, I, and I, I liked y'all's conversation, and I actually agreed with, with it, despite me going the opposite direction. Sure. Because it's a context thing. Yeah. Um, y'all were talking about it in the context of a homily, mm-hmm. which, like, and, and, like, a homily for y'all is pretty typical to, like, a talk that I would go and give... Um, Outcome wise, sure. You sure. want people to grow in their faith, have something they can take home, have something that like connect to, like yeah, connecting to the mass in that scenario. You're in mass; it makes it makes total sense, sure. right? But this foundations course is the most specifically systematic the- theology thing I've ever mm-hmm. done. I've stepped into those, like an RCA, yeah. an RCA class is systematic theology, and I've stepped in and I've given like a talk or whatever. But this is the first time that I'm not just giving the talks; I'm responsible for like the whole course of it right so i was like i so it's been different for me and a lot of fun Mm -hmm. i I actually think i'm i enjoy teaching more than i enjoy evangelizing Hmm. um which is funny because most people like this shows a lot of evangelization right um a lot of times when i go give talks i'm I'm seeing or whatever it's a lot of evangelization but i noticed when i was a youth minister that i liked you know because you always have like your sunday night you know it's like everybody, you know, everybody's there. Yeah. Like those were cool. Sure. But what I really liked was the Wednesday night, like we, we got it deeper. Like oh, the going yeah, like deeper. a going deeper thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's actually where my skill set more lies. Huh. I, I've had to learn, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. So I've had to learn how to do evangelization better. Right. Um, but like my skill set in my heart is actually more in the catechesis. Fascinating. Side. I yeah. did not know that about you. Right. I, yeah. I hide things very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Yeah. Uh, Catechetical process cat podcasts are boring. So that's why this, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. I just gotta go, you know, I wanna go where the people are. Um, but like I'm 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 super enjoying this. But this was the first time that I had to give a catechetical talk on the Trinity. Yeah. And so I it was it was it was interesting for me. And I had a long conversation with with Jennifer, the person who who was helping who's been helping me out mm-hmm. and who was there that night to fact check me. Yeah. I talked to her after and I was like, it felt so I I, I looked out at them. Mm-hmm. And like my whole thing is like being entertaining and all this stuff. I yeah. looked out at a group of shell shocked human beings. <laughs> they were just like all like all, like yeah. you could just tell that like I like 
blew their minds. Mm-hmm. Like they were like it was like this is so much information, and it's like it's it's like super heady. Yeah. But it was it was interesting because I, I was like, did I make a mistake? Like, did I talk too much about the kind right. of technical stuff? And nobody left for an, about an hour and twenty minutes after. Wow. Everybody was talking about it. Okay. Like cool. asking yeah. questions and being like, yeah. oh, I hadn't heard that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I was taught this heresy. Oh, I was taught hit this heresy. Yes, exactly. Like, we went through a lot of them or whatever. And it, it's the longest anybody stayed in the in mm-hmm. the four weeks that we've been doing this. And so it, it was it was so cool to do something different than what I normally do. Yeah. And even though I kind of felt weird about it, it was like, oh no, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So some of the heresies. What's your favorite Trinitarian heresy? Do you oh have one? my goodness. Um I, I could, you know, I used to be able to name. I had to name all these things to. You don't have to be the right name. I'm putting you on the spot. But okay, like, yeah. The, so the, the idea. Um, a few. I mean, a lot of them around Christ. So the fact that uh, Jesus isn't a part of the Trinity, that Jesus was just a very special creation, like the best creation. That's me. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> I'm a special creation. Jesus or, uh, is God. <laughs> God is one, and He just appears as Father, appears as Son, as appears as Holy Spirit. So He's like modalism. A blob. Modalism. That's modalism, Patrick. And then so you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We watched that video. <laughs> good, good, exactly. Um, that's a good one. Um, what other ones are there? Um, there's all kinds of crazy ones with the uh, Holy Spirit, where it proceeds from. Dude. Okay. So this is where. Yeah. This is where. I think that is the hardest part of the Trinity. Oh, yeah. I think it's the hardest part because one of the things that I was um, really like wrestling with and like literally you can look and see that you probably use that book. You can't see it right now, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's it's like that book mm-hmm. on the on my floor right yes, now. Yes. <laughs> uh, my it's it's my pastor's book. OK. And I talked to him because this is a ministry in his parish. Yeah. I talked to him about it beforehand. And he's like, here's a book. And I was like, nice. Nice. And it was uh, not only did. It was what he used in seminary as a seminarian. Mm. He was also like the rector at the seminary for six years and training all of you people. Yeah. Okay, um, cool. So I read his book <laughs> and I learned a lot about all these all these heresies. But what was I saying before the book? You're gonna do uh, you were asking about uh my heresies, my favorite heresies. Golly, yeah, and then, the oh, Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. So the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um I I realized that a lot of the heresies and a lot of I think the heresy that I believed was more either believed or had struggled with yeah was how is there a son that even for a split moment did not exist um you know yeah. even if you're like oh he exists out of time it just kind of happens yeah. like but okay but even if i can get behind that mm-hmm. right because that's that's the consubstantial with the Father of the same yes. substance of the eternally same eternally begotten. Yeah, uh, which is so weird. Like, yeah, super like, weird. <laughs> literally begotten is not bo- begotten, not made, begotten, not born. It was like literally the word, the verbiage that they used to go against one of the primary heresies. Yeah, right. It's like okay, if I can get behind that, sure. <laughs> but then <laughs> something I had never heard mm-hmm. was. Um, you know, we say we say the creed, and there's words there. Yes, there but are. <laughs> quite, quite literally, they made up a word. The correct term mm-hmm. for how the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father—that's the English word. Yeah. The, the correct term yeah. is spirates. Yeah, spiration. Yeah. Um, I'm not the smartest person <laughs> in the world, but I think I know what the root word of spirate is. Sp- spirit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he spirits right. from the father. But yeah. literally, they made up a word to yeah. try to make the Trinity make sense. Yeah, it's something about like breath. Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, he spirates from the father, mm-hmm. which that was the point where I was like, okay, nobody gets it. Yes. <laughs> I never talk about spirations. <laughs> they literally made up a word, and that's the only word that you can say mm-hmm. that really isn't heresy. Yeah. And like, you know, proceeds, proceedeth, is 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 essentially a translation of yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, if we're literally making, if we're pulling a Shakespeare, like, I don't have a word to say, we're going to make one up. Yeah. What should we call it? Uh, did you say sp- spirit? No, I said spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like, even you, so I think it linearly because I'm a human being. Right. Right. So um, I think initially I thought God the Father, and he was the Father throughout all the Old Testament. And then Jesus showed up in the, you know, 2000 years ago. Yeah. And then 33 years later, he left and sent the spirit. Okay. So just in my mind, yeah. like as a, you know, as a kid growing up, right. it was like, you know, Literally eternity, and then Jesus about 2,000 years ago, and then the Holy Spirit 33 years after that, whenever yeah. he left. And then I learned, mm-hmm. like, okay, Jesus was the, you know, we, we read John. Yes. Jesus was the word, and the word, uh, like, the, the word was, the, word. was uh, mm-hmm. the bird is the word. You know, bird like, is the word. The, <laughs> no, the bird is the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Hmm. But, so I was like, so then I learned, and I was like, okay, yeah. Jesus was there with, from the, with the Father from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then even I learned things like, you know, like the spirit hovered over the waters in the first couple of verses in Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still something about this linear thing Mm -hmm. that I still struggle with. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, because you've heard before, like the love between the the father and the son is the Holy Spirit. Spirates the spirit, right? Which it's really, and I've heard people compare that to marriage. Yeah, sure. Man or woman love each other. Nine months later, you get, you know, it, and so I was like, well, it's analogies. Analogies is where people get, you know, yeah. people are like, Here, here's a, here's a cauliflower or a, well, not a cauliflower. <laughs> a clover? Clover. <laughs> here's a clover. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's, that's this one. You know, yeah, you're yeah. splitting Jesus, you know, God into three. Yeah. They're all fully God. Uh, you know, uh, oh, maybe it's like water or maybe it's like the sun. And they're like, those are all heresies, right? Yeah. And then, so we get to the like, I was like, well, my kid took nine months. Yeah. So that's a linear thing. Yes. But the spirit, always there, always there. Uh-huh. But also, the husband—not the husband, the father and the son. Yeah, th- there had to be love uh-huh. for the spirit to come. Yes, and that was always there. So yeah, it's the split seconds that still kind of yeah confuse me because there right? are no split seconds. Right. Yeah, it's super weird. It's, but it's- there seemed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I so I learned a ton, and it, it's one of those things that like. Um, <laughs> The more that we learn, it's, it's this whole idea of mystery, mm-hmm. right? Um, a mystery in the church is something that we can know things about, but not know everything about, yeah. right? And this is the most studying, not only that I've ever done about the Trinity, this is the most studying I've ever done for a talk, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like, it's not close. I spent half a day <laughs> reading books. Yeah. Not like writing notes. Like, that's usually what I do is I sit yeah. down, I kind of like pull my notes, and, mm-hmm. I, and I do my bullet points and all this stuff. I... But most of the stuff is like, I know this, I'm speaking to it. You yeah. know, no, I read books. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to do that. And I learned a ton, and I feel like I got so much closer mm. in my knowledge of the Trinity, and I feel a lot more comfortable with it. But there's still this point of like, it's it still requires faith. Yeah. History still requires faith because we're never going to fully understand it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's okay not to fully understand the Trinity. And if you think you do, you're wrong. So Right. Exactly. Which is also kind of cool. It's like, uh, God would be really boring if we could just read a book about him for a day and totally get it. Like, 
what would be the point of making a religion around that? That's boring. The fact that we can always dive deeper and learn more about God, I think, is what makes it interesting. True. Sure. But I also like knowing things. Yeah. And the fact that I tried and still don't mm-hmm. bothers me. <laughs> That's also good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. so, you know, it was a 30-minute talk, and I crammed it and was just, you know, going through it. Um, but it was good. It was good for me to do something different. It was good for me to learn. And and then it was, and then like the group responded very, yeah. very well, uh, which I was surprised by. And I, I, it's so funny. I warned them going in. I was like, this is the like most firehose thing we're going to do in our 10 weeks mm-hmm. together. And they were like, okay, we're done with that. Let's move on. To sac- <laughs> and we did sacraments the next week. So, uh, final thoughts on the, on the Trinity. I'm for it. I am too. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Even of things I don't understand. Yes. Three thumbs up for the Trinity. That, that was the most confusing thing you've ever done. <laughs> you just said three thumbs up for the Trinity and did two thumbs up. Yeah. Well, but I have the other thumb on my shirt. Yes. There so you go. now we have yeah, three. three. Now we yeah, have good, three. Good, good. My shirt is the Trinity. Dang it. It's a heresy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> we hit a huge milestone this week. We finally hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. So thank you guys so much. I'm really happy. What I did was I held all the kids at the Diocesan Conference hostage for lunch until they subscribed enough to where we hit a thousand. So thank you. Uh, thank you guys, all of you that have subscribed. Welcome to our new watchers, uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, we've got some great stuff on the channel. I mentioned earlier that we had the cook-off between Father Leo and Bishop Toops. That is on our channel right now. We've got not uh, full-length episodes of this show. So if you're listening on the podcast, you could always watch it over on YouTube. Uh, we've got you know our pop culture series on your favorite TV shows and movies where we talk about it from a Catholic perspective. Uh, talks and so much more. The, the final goal that we have to become partners on YouTube is just having out like watch hours, people watching um, this, this this stuff that we have on our channel. So if you haven't already, um, go over hit subscribe if you haven't already. We're, um, that would be great. But also you know watch what we have going on. We hope that you guys enjoy it. We make it for you. Um, so thanks guys for getting us to a thousand. Y'all are the best. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is Father Anthony Scaramucci Sharapa. Mm-hmm. So uh, something big happened in our nation last week. Um, I mean, it was my anniversary. The Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal is another big one. Um, well, last week, uh, what? I can't imagine anything. I didn't see anything in the news. Yeah, no one's been upset about anything. No. Nobody's been happy about anything. It's just been a pretty normal week. Yes. Except... <laughs> For on Friday, mm-hmm. there was this celebration of uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Oh yes, which ironically enough mm-hmm. is that was the feast of was the feast on the day that mm-hmm. my wife and I got married. Oh fun! Because also we could go. We celebrated our ten years of being married. It's so long. I know. Good it's job. So <laughs> I did it. Uh, but on this on this Sacred Heart of Jesus feast day, mm-hmm. uh, the government made a change. Okay, and. I did not believe that this change would ever happen. Okay. Uh, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Did it? It sure did. You would think I would have heard about that. <laughs> yeah. You'd think <laughs> maybe it's because you deleted all your social media. You maybe. don't know. You don't know anything about what's going on in the world. Uh, yeah. And people could talk at length about, oh, this is great or this is bad, and mm-hmm. everybody is talking everywhere in between, yeah, and sure. everybody's seen all that, right? Uh, the big thing that I want to talk about um, in, in regards to Roe v. Wade, there's two. Um, one is I never believed this would happen. Yeah. 
even to the point that I, I was very involved with the pro-life movement as a kid mm-hmm. and like even, like through high school. And um, it's like in high school, I started like, going to pray at plan, outside Planned Parenthoods. Yeah. Um, in college, uh, when I was running college ministry, we would go at like about once a week, mm-hmm. at least a couple of times a month. And all these college students going to pray, um, you know, so I would bring my friends. We would pray. Um, we started like I would sing the Divine Mercy Chaplet, play guitar nice, and, and yeah. sing. And then I got trained as a sidewalk counselor. Uh, like to go talk to uh, young ladies, young men. Typically, mm-hmm. if there was another person there, the ladies would talk to the ladies. I would talk to the guys. Yeah, like literally trying to save these kids' lives. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, sometimes it happened. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it went well. Sometimes it did not go well. Sure. And it was. It got ugly. Right. Yeah. Um, but even though it was something that I that I had worked to for a while, I kind of distanced myself from the pro life movement over the last. Like essentially after college, because it got pretty nasty. It was yeah. all just people yelling on both sides. Yeah, and like when uh, you know the good guys started just yelling and being mean, I was like, I don't really want to associate myself with this. Sure, I'm still pro life. <laughs> Absolutely, I made a lot of babies. <laughs> yes, you know? yes, yes. Uh, but I kind of distanced myself from like the public movement. Yeah, and uh, part of it was the ugliness, and then part of it was I realized s- since the time that this law has been changed Mm -hmm. that I believe that people's hearts can change. Mm -hmm. If I didn't, I wouldn't work in ministry. I wouldn't do the show. I wouldn't speak. (laughs) Like I believe that people's hearts can change. And I know that primarily because I, it has happened to me. Right. I do not believe that societies can change. (laughs) I don't. Don't you believe they can get worse? Oh, oh, yes, you're right. You're right. I stand corrected. I sit corrected. I believe they can get worse. Yes. I, I don't believe societies can get holier yeah. or closer to the truth. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think I'm mostly right. <laughs> Sadly, I really do. I really do. Yeah. Um, society's gotten <laughs> worse in almost every possible way. Mm-hmm. I mean, cell phones are nice, but not at the cost of losing all of our morality. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, the more people you can know about, the worse people we get as a society. Okay, okay. Um, so, like, Big organizations, I just don't think can get better. Yeah. Uh, governments, big business, even this even has applied to the church. Sure. I've shared about that pretty publicly. Like yeah. not believing that the church as a whole, you know, like could get holier. Sure. I don't think it, maybe maybe it could stand pat. <laughs> but like I still can't believe this happened. Yeah. Because it goes against everything that I've ever seen, learned about, and experienced in my entire life. I've read the whole story of salvation. People have always been, you know, made good and then turned bad. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to all get... downhill from the start. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, yes, individuals can change. And we've seen that. But like, we, so even think about like the Old Testament. Yep. We saw individual hearts change. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the Old Testament is the, da- is the downfall of Israel. Okay. It's the downfall of the like did they did they rebound every now and then? Yes. Like the story of judges is just them being taught like rolled down the toilet. Like they're just, yeah. they're just getting worse and worse and then things got so bad that God had to send himself to be killed yeah. on our behalf. And then, you know, what have we done since then? I I, I saw a comedian the other day. Yeah. And uh he's he's an atheist, but he was very it was very funny. He was yeah. talking about Jesus and Martin Luther King. Okay. And aliens come yeah. to our world. And they're like, "Hey, uh, like, why is your society so bad or whatever, right? Yeah. And they're like, have you never had somebody like tell you to be be good? And, well, yeah, there was this guy two thousand years ago. He told us to to love God, to love love our love our neighbors. He's like, really? 
Yeah. Only one guy? 2,000 years ago? He's like, well, about 60 years ago, there's another guy and said, okay, we need to love our neighbors, we need to love God. Yeah. And he's like, it took that long in between? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, did y'all listen to him? And we're like, no. They're like, well, what happened to him? Well, <laughs> like we killed the, yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, so I just did not believe mm -hmm. that society can change. So I'm still kind of reeling at the fact that, um, you know, now it all goes to the states and everything, but that right. like abortion doesn't have federal rights now. Yep. I cannot believe that happened. Yeah, no, I was kind of in relatively the same camp. Like uh, I, even when the, the, the draft was leaked and i was like man i'll believe it when i see it right yeah yeah and then i was going about my day doing stuff getting ready for sacred heart and all this stuff on friday and it dropped that it was and i was like really i wanted to like check the internet to make sure it wasn't some kind of hoax or something like that and it was it, yeah and it was even hard to be happy about it because it was so contrary to what i thought was going to happen right like i was like is this real now is it and then like you would see some of the uh laws that were um like these trigger laws that would go into effect right away and like different states overturning uh abortion stuff like is this really really happening and then part of it was also you know because we immediately uh called the police to get people just to watch the church during the weekend nothing happened everyone was very well behaved but it was one of those things that was kind <laughs> well of behaved. everyone was well behaved <laughs> nobody busted into our church nobody it was fine, it was fine. i just like that well behaved yeah is what you said in regards to what would have happened was either a, a shooting or vandalism. Yes. Oh, you were well behaved. Well behaved. That's all I want. Very well behaved. Everyone murderers. was very polite in my community. Okay. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Um, but yeah, and it's tough to like, cause I tend to be cynical about things. Um, but you also have to think about, okay, we both believe hearts can change or else I wouldn't be a priest. You wouldn't be in the ministry. Right. Um, and societies can change technically because if enough hearts change then those hearts make up a society and then the society can change but so, but, but the reason the thing like literally the numbers back up the cynicism yeah for every one catholic that enters the church six leave yeah. so society is getting worse uh <laughs> not, and i don't want to sit here and say that catholics make society better as a whole yeah <laughs> Because I've met a lot of you. Sure, sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think we do have to hold on hope. Not that like, so you can get you can get crazy with this, because um, there is a part of people like if we fix all these laws, then everything will be perfect. And there's another side where it's a we can never be perfect, so we should never try. Um, That's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you can't. Those two things are are not good. Um, but I mean, the big main takeaway for me, and this is why I kind of preached about like saying, hey, this is good. Let's give thanks to God for this. But our work as a church has not changed at all, you know, um, because it's wonderful. Like if there was someone scheduled for abortion, now they can't have the abortion. Um, that kid's going to live. That's great. But that mother and her situation is still a very difficult situation. We still have to go help them now, even more so, maybe. Uh, so we still have the same amount of work to do. So it's kind of like this is good. Thumbs up. But we got a lot of people to take care of as a church. You know, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's been a not as joyful as I thought it would be for whatever reason. Yeah. And the, um, the second thing that I've been focusing on is how well most people that I've seen in the church have responded. Yeah. Uh, my other assumption was that most people would just be gloating. Yeah. Because like, that's what I've seen. <laughs> yes, yes. Anytime any law gets passed, it's like, ha-ha, you pro-choicers suck it. And it's just yeah. like, that's, that's not what we do here. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not, not what's happening, right? Yeah. But 
the what one crazy thing that kind of combines these two things of can societies change can hearts change and the second thing that I, that I've been focusing on is how well prime and uh, primarily the two fathers the two clerics that uh, I saw speak about this how well it was handled mm-hmm. um so I was when it got announced I think I mentioned earlier I was at the Diocesan Youth Conference right. of Diocese of Beaumont and uh it the it got announced like minutes before mass and bishop toops was not planning on <laughs> preaching on this yeah. and then he he, he uh, preached and connected the readings and and the sacred heart to the news and nice. he preached about the news and then yeah. he did one of those like what i love like the second homily like af- right right before the final blessing right yeah and just as, as like a reminder and i loved it because i was sitting there knowing i've worked with young people enough to know mm-hmm. most of the young people in that room are pro-choice mm-hmm. they are they are um I just heard some stats the other day that were um, it was college students in Nebraska, mm-hmm. which you know you can't. It was it was a study specifically done on on, on college students in Nebraska, but um, Catholic Catholic schools and uh, secular schools, and uh, you know so it do, it's not it does not those stats do not necessarily apply to the rest of the world the rest of the U- U.S. Right, it's pretty close. Sure, eighty percent of them. Wow, were pro-choice. Eighty. Wow. And like that matches with my experience because mm-hmm. I'm a millennial. I'm 32 years old. Most of my contemporaries mm-hmm. are pro-choice. Yeah, sure. Like friends that I grew up with, people that I know, like my social media feed is filled with pro-choice people, people that I care about. Yeah. Right. And seeing the response of the young people because of how fatherly Bishop Toops was mm-hmm. gave me this, like my cold little heart opened just a little bit oh. to like, yeah. oh, oh. Can less than 80% of the people in the next four years, yeah. the people in this room, in four years, yeah. can less than 80% of them be pro-choice? And I was like, maybe there's a little hope yeah. that maybe 10% of them swung. That. Yeah. Right? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Um, and then secondarily, on Sunday, uh, my pastor, who I've talked about at length, yes. has practically saved my faith yes. <laughs> because of all the crap that happened the last, you know, the last couple of his position. Um, he preached on Sunday, and it's the best homily I've heard him give in the year that he's been here. Nice. That's good. Because, again, it was so fatherly. Mm-hmm. He connected it to the Sacred Heart. He was pointing at the statue of the Sacred Heart that we have. He connected it to that. He connected it to the readings of the day. Um, and then he spoke for a long time, talking about how, why this is good and how this is good. Yeah. And then the last two minutes of his homily was connecting it back to the Sacred Heart and how much Jesus loves us. Yeah. But like the five minute, the real close, it was like four or five minutes where he had, I'm getting goosebumps. Where he addressed the people in the congregation that were saddened or upset by the decision. Oh, really? Bad, and I've, I don't think I've ever, I, I have never seen that mm-hmm. in a Catholic context. Yeah, it's always been let's talk about the truth and let's you know ho- ham- hammer home the truth, which is sure. a great thing. It's a great thing, yes. right? But when moments like this happen, just imagine pro-choice people who are ca- who are Catholic. Yeah, that sit in the pews, right? Yeah. And I hate when people say that they're not Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are doctrines that i struggle with sure um it they're just different ones yeah. right i'm st- I'm still catholic right um but he was able to address and pastor his flock yeah even the people that disagree with this pretty important doctrine yeah. in the church yeah. you know and i, I loved it so much mm-hmm. it was so good <sighs> it is good um it's because a lot of times with this issue, we are so quick to draw battle lines 
And like, don't get me wrong, there's truth and there is error and all that stuff. But like, the fact that your pastor was like, these are the people I have in front of me. These are the people I have to care for, and I'm going to care for them right. without sacrificing the truth. It's like, yes, that's what we need to be doing. Right. And that's uh, really encouraging to hear. Yeah, it was great. Um, and he, so he even went through some of the like pretty typical pro-choice um, arguments sure. and was like not ripping them to shreds no. for the point of ripping them to shreds, but was like sharing, yeah. you know, like, here, here's here's what what I would say. Here's what the church says about it. And the one that I had never thought of, mm-hmm. which I, I think maybe, maybe because it's new, maybe it's not the best argument, but it, for me, it's the best argument currently mm-hmm. because it's the, one of the newer ones that yeah. I've heard was that when Roe v. Wade was passed, I think it was 1973, 72, so like right around the early sure. 70s. Um, just how much science has changed yeah. since then. And one of the big pro-choice arguments is that, you know, it's just it's just a clump of cells. Sure. It's just a blob of cells. And he pointed out something I'd never thought about. He said, science in the 70s when this was passed, mm-hmm. what would you look at when you saw a baby in the ultrasound? You would see a blob of cells. Yeah. <laughs> you would see a clump of cells. Yeah. That's literally what they could see. Yeah. And he was like, now when we do sonograms, when we when we look at the baby, you see feet, you see sparks of life, you see movement, you yeah. see leap, you see, you see all this stuff, even at those young ages, mm-hmm. where like literally science is like every science textbook says that life begins at conception. Right. And uh the fa- like that that opened my eyes to like, oh my goodness, like because you know, the famous thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but Augustine said that it was abortion was okay for the first three months. Because he didn't think it was a lie. He was, he, he was basing it off the science they had at the time. The science and the knowledge they had at the time, yeah. right? And so even, you know, that was many, many years ago. But, um, you know, in the 70s, it looked like a clump of cells. So that's what they called it. Yeah. But that argument doesn't stand anymore mm-hmm. because... We can see that it's not just that because yeah. those clump of cells, when you have a better camera and can zoom in, yeah. that's a foot with toes. <laughs> yeah. <you> know, like, <laughs> yeah. And it was it was a fascinating thing because I just never thought about it or heard about it. Yeah. How even the science scientific findings are helping to bolster the pro-life argument. Yeah. I think it's always I mean, it's so hard to actually have a conversation about this um, because we we're so invested in it. But I think the, the two big questions are when does life begin and what's the value of life? Those are the two questions. Like, because at conception, there is, I think, scientifically speaking, there is life. That clump of cells or that zygote or whatever, it's not a frog. It's not uh, a bird. It's a human being. Okay. It might be a terribly uninteresting. It's Superman. It's a Superman. (laughs) It might be a terribly uninteresting human being. You might not be be able to have a conversation. That most that's what most of them grow up to. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So but all that aside, what's the value of human life? And to actually kind of deal with those sort of things. I think it's important conversations to have. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's just, uh, there's so much emotional energy wrapped up about this. I think one of the errors that uh, pro-lifers make is to not take difficult situations seriously. Um, uh, to not have empathy for those difficult situations. Doesn't mean you have to say that abortion's okay. It's still not. But let's not pretend that some of these situations are incredibly difficult. And some of the examples that can happen are incredibly tragic, right? Let's not pretend that they're not. So I think a lot of em- empathy will, goes a long way in this conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing, the mm-hmm. last thing that I want to say, and I'll give you a chance to have your, your last word as okay. well. Um, but it was something that I heard multiple times. I got goosebumps again. Mm-hmm. Mul- I've heard this multiple times all growing up. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I didn't think that anything would change was because literally since I've been born, it's only gotten worse. Like, 
the pro pro choice ha movement has been winning every step of the way mm -hmm. until Friday. Yeah. So it's like, why would I believe any differently? Because mm -hmm. literally all of my life experience points yeah. towards the opposite. And so I heard this statement that I'll share in a second dozens of times before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm -hmm. And that statement was that 30% of my peers are not here. Mm -hmm. And because we were playing a losing game, mm -hmm. uh, I never really let myself wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't think about it because I knew that like if I open that door, it's going to be too tough to deal with. And then our, our my pastor, when he was preaching, it's one of the things that he mentioned. I got tears in my eyes. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that he mentioned on Sunday was he goes, look around. He said people from, he he's in his mid forties. He's yeah. like from my generation to now, you know, like the, the younger than him, 30% of us don't exist. Mm -hmm. And I was just like the friends I could have had, the um the i could have dated better people in high school you know <laughs> the, the 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 i needed to laugh because i was about to cry yeah <laughs> uh the friends i could have had the yeah. people the people that could be doing great things just aren't there and yeah. he's like look around the church like our church w was about 30 percent not full yeah like obviously that's not an exact thing but like sure. it, it hit you know yeah. and i finally let myself kind of think about that and it was just like incredibly saddening mm -hmm. but at the same time like i i had just accepted that that's what how life was yeah that for my life for my kids life that's how it was going to be mm -hmm. and the fact that that number will go down how much i think remains to be seen but sure. it will go down at least for a time yeah it, it it cracked open my little hardened heart yeah just a little bit again you mm -hmm. know to where like it's so sad mm -hmm. thinking about it you know 30 percent like there were like a thousand people in my graduating class. Yeah. There should have been 1300, yeah. you know, and it's just, man, it hit me. Yeah. And it's tough because, um, you know, a lot of times as a parish priest, um, the most difficult people to deal with in your parish are the pro-lifers um, because uh, not always, but a lot of times they are some of the angriest people that I know. Mm. And the reason why they are is because I think they get so wrapped up in that reality like the incredible numbers of those who are aborted, which we believe are human lives. And that evil can be so overwhelming that it can harden your heart in some ways, yeah. right? And then you can totally obsess over it. Um, and uh, I, I will say, on the other hand, there are there always are wonderful pro-lifers who aren't giving you a hard time. But you see this. You see this sort of thing where people are kind of broken by the evil. Um, and it's a very hard thing to look at. And I always tell Think about like, hey, you know why this is so hard to talk about or why it's so hard to convince people? Imagine you really, really think that abortion is a human right that without without which you cannot be respected or you cannot be equal, right? You actually believe that. And to find out that the reality is that abortion is ending a human, an innocent human life. What would that do to your soul to have that realization? Mm -hmm. And would the church be able to be there to help you through that? to help you receive mercy and love and forgiveness and healing. Um, so throwing barbs on the internet, it's, 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 it's not to take, it's, you're not taking the issue seriously. You're just not. Um, so I'm glad to hear your pastor and the bishop talking with love and compassion about something that's really difficult. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I don't believe societies could change, but my little heart was changed a little bit that's over good. the last few I'm days. Glad. So um, 
Love you guys. This has been, uh, you know, we had fun for a little bit. And yeah. A little, a little harder at the yeah, end. Geez. But uh, we did it. We did a Father Anthony in Texas Yay. episode. It was very fun. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I'll be back next week. See ya. Thank y'all for watching and listening today. We hope that you enjoyed it. We had an absolute blast. Father Anthony is currently over playing Destiny 2 on my, on my Xbox. Hopefully enjoying himself while I am wrapping up the show. Um, well, if you enjoyed it, again, please hit subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. You know, Leave a review, leave a comment, all the things. Y'all are the best. I love you. See you soon. <laughs>